The Charlotte Hornets, they finally get a win against the Sacramento Kings. The real question today, is it a miracle after midnight part three? Can we call it that? We'll argue, we'll discuss, we'll debate all on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> team every day thanks for making this your first listen we are free and available anywhere you get your podcast and that includes youtube this episode is brought to you by prize picks we always appreciate prize picks for supporting the show helping us out you can go to prizepicks.com and use code all lowercase locked on nba for a first deposit matchup to 100 again prizepicks.com slash locked on nba use code all lowercase locked on nba for a first deposit match up to 100 that's david walker making the weekly appearance after a win this time no miles bridges discussion scheduled for today only a victory well, discussion well, today. Yeah, he had a good well, game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. when we say Miles Bridges discussion, <laughs> right, we right, know right. what that means. It does not yeah. mean him on the court. It means off. But I don't want to manifest that by just saying we're not. Yeah, what are you it. doing? Well, you guys said, well, well, actually, that's what you guys did. And I'm trying to move on. David Walker is here. He's here to talk about good stuff. Doug Branson yes. is here. He's here to talk about good stuff. He also writes about good stuff sometimes, every once in a while, on everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me, Walker Mail, WFNZ, every weekday from 12 to 3. You see the new bulletin board. We got some new emojis. They look It's a nice little fresh graphic that you can go check us out on YouTube. And you see the topics planned for today's show. We'll get to the debate on whether it was another miracle after midnight. Was it indeed part three? Should there have even been a part two? But we have to start with Terry Rozier, who absolutely went bonkers in the fourth quarter. That guard battle between De'Aaron Fox and Terry Rozier was so representative of what each of those lead guards meant to their team in the last couple of seasons, where Terry was Mr. Clutch for so long, bounced, I, I fell off a little bit last year because... Hello, you had so many injuries. They weren't winning any games. But Terry has been a clutch player for the Charlotte Hornets squad. De'Aaron Fox has been exactly that guy, too. I think led the league in clutch scoring just last year when they had the renaissance of the Sacramento Kings. Watching both guards go back-to-back, fun fourth-quarter battle, and then Terry won. De'Aaron missed a mid-range jumper, missed a three-pointer at the end of this game. Terry wasn't missing. Terry was going crazy. The the underhand scoop, the three-point yeah. shot where he takes a James Harden step back from 40 feet. I, it was incredible. David, you're the guest. You go first here. What was it like watching Terry deliver us a victory last night? Yeah, I just want everyone to put a pin in this. When the clutch award for this season comes up and they're going through the highlights, because I believe De'Aaron Fox won the inaugural he did. Jerry West, Mr. Clutch Award last year. And I just want Terry to get his due, okay? When that award comes up this year and they're showing the highlights of De'Aaron Fox or whomever, you know, Terry's got to be in there. He's got to be mentioned for this little mini run he's going on because it's awesome. It's unbelievable what he's been able to do. Look at the starting lineup, guys. I mean, you know, I don't want to jump off Terry too quick, <laughs> but this, this starting lineup, and resulting in a win, I mean, that's it's the most impressive performance of the season as a team. But Terry is just saying, get on my back, guys, and, and let's go. He's, uh, he's providing all the scoring for them. At one point, I thought he got knocked out in the fourth quarter. He was, like, lying on the floor, got back up, 
and demand of the ball and, and, you know, just help lead them. And we've always been asking for like a lead dog on this team. And over this run, especially with that Lamelo, uh, at least from a scoring standpoint, Terry is just pouring it on and, and playing some of the best basketball of his career. Uh, and I think it deserves to be recognized. I w- only wish more people had stayed up with us last night to see it, but I know there's sickos out there that definitely did. Oh, their faith think, was God? their faith was rewarded, David. Yeah. If they stayed up, uh, and, and and honestly, they had every right not to stay up. Eleven game losing streak, and and the Hornets continue to be soul for soul. You know, you get you get Terry Rozier back off of an illness that prevented him from playing the previous night. It's not like they had two days rest in between that illness absence for Terry Rozier. It's uh, the second night of a back to back for the Charlotte Hornets, and then on top of that, they lose Brandon Miller who has been a lead scorer for them with all of these injuries uh, to a left hip contusion. So, And Terry Rozier's not a guy that like just stays out a lot. I mean, I think if whatever mm. illness he had had to have been pretty brutal. Like, I cannot play brutal. He He's said, I don't know, up. kind of half-jokingly that he was throwing up, yeah. uh, maybe <laughs> during the game at some point at halftime. I mean, this it was incredible. Uh, what he did, 34 points overall, 14 points in the fourth quarter, but not just 14 points in the fourth quarter, which was impressive, again, when you take into context the illness, the stamina to stay with it, but he scored 10 points in the first quarter. to set, So he set the tone and he finished the game. That's a rare a rare set the tone and finish the game for a player. And, and Terry Rozier, the degree of difficulty, I know you guys have hit on a few of these shots, the degree of difficulty on the shots that he hit – if the Hornets were at all a contender in the Eastern Conference, these shots would be a highlight package on SportsCenter. If this was Philadelphia, if this was Boston, he would be all over SportsCenter because these were some crazy circus shots that he was hitting. And this is why I think people are often confused when Steve Clifford heaps all of this praise on Terry Rozier. But he showed you exactly why Steve Clifford respects this dude so much. The toughness that he showed on the defensive end of the floor, too. He was running back in transition. The guy's throwing yeah. up. He's running back into transition to make blocks, point saving blocks. Terry Rozier, can't say enough about this guy. Amazing. Well, how many appreciation segments have we had for him at the beginning of what you might call a mini run? Not so many at this point. At the beginning of this, it was like, hey, can we just shed some light on how well yeah. he's playing right now? And then I believe we did it again. David, you and I had the first Rogier appreciation segment, I think, where we called it that. Me and Doug had it the very next day because there was a game that night. I think we had it one more time. And, I mean, you can't not have it after that game against the Kings. This is the most exciting moment this season for the Hornets, I think. It's a high point. This one, (laughs) look, we, we can make the joke that there's not many to choose from. But on the road... To give us something on this West Coast road trip, to win late, to take the lead just with inside a minute's worth of time left, for Terry to hit all those exciting shots, to come up with some defensive stops, for PJ to help off the bench, for Miles to play like an offensive star, going for 27. He's not going to be the main storyline because it's Terry, but Miles attacking making sure that he was able to get to the basket. Miles played well on that end of the floor. PJ, 17 points off the bench. Holy moly. Yeah, your your best players playing like that. Yes, in a game where you absolutely needed it. That's Finally. the story. And Terry is the lead dog here because of the way that he performed in the clutch. 
Yeah, and breaking that 11-game slide, right? I mean, I know that we'll get off of that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, I mean, they were creeping up on Detroit Pistons talk, I mean, around the league. You, you lose 11-12 in a row, and you look at what's to come. It's like, where is this team going to find a win? I don't know if anybody would have predicted they would have gotten one on this West Coast trip. But I guess if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in, in Sacramento. They've got a little magic there. But, yeah, even like, you know, I know Nick Richards, you know, he has his ups and downs, but – a couple of times down there in the post, he managed to hit a couple of turnaround buckets when they needed him, and they needed yeah. them all down the fourth quarter, right? So, I mean, everybody out there was contributing. Of course, you had Cody Martin out there doing his thing, getting <sighs> loose balls, and and it, it was really, you know, it, look, I know Cliff gets a lot of of heat. Everybody's taking a lot of heat right now, but you got to say something for at least being able to have these guys continue to fight hard and play. And they just kept swinging. They kept swinging. They couldn't get any stops. And they kept scoring, and finally we were able to put a, a couple of those back-to-back, um, you know, stops and scores together, and we're able to come out come out with a win. It's it was <laughs> it was shocking. I will say that it was nice <laughs> to see. Yeah, there were just a lot of little great moments in this game. You had Nathan Mensa drawing another charge. This guy's yeah. a, a charge drawing machine. You've got Cody Martin defending. Uh, Deer and Fox perfectly on that final pick and roll that they tried to run to get back into the game. And then you had Nick Richards on that same play, physical block out on Sabonis, keeping him away from the rim. And, and they got dominated, the Hornets did, on the offensive boards in this game. And they turned the ball over a bunch, 15 times. The problem for Sacramento yeah, is that they turned yep. it over 20 times and Sabonis turned it over 11. Look, I mean, Ooh, yeah. Western Conference teams kept – not taking the Hornets seriously on this road trip. And honestly, and we talked about this last show, like if you looked at the scouting report, if you got the scouting report in your hotel room and saw all the injuries, you know, you you could be forgiven a little bit for not taking this same team seriously. But Mike Brown, head coach of the Kings, said it after the game. These are still NBA players. These are still the, the best basketball players in the world. They might just be a degree lower than some of the other best basketball teams in the world. But But on a given night, when they have a little bit of confidence, when they get a guy back that is, that is as talented as Terry Rozier, they can win a ball game. And they went out there and did just that. And, you know, if they get a few more guys back, I don't know, crazy talk. Could be some tides oh, turning. Yeah. You never oh, know. We, we, just need, we just need one win. Uh, yeah, on the road, second night of a back-to-back. Didn't expect that one. With that lineup, once Brandon Miller was announced out, what, like an hour and a Crushing. half before the game started? I, yeah, or, by the way, First, yeah. Josh Lloyd is not okay. They're going to kill him. They're <laughs> going to kill this man, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. He's upset right now with the Charlotte Hornets. So now not only is Mark Williams listed doubtful, I think for a 12th straight game, I think is what it is. So listed doubtful and then out. which is, yeah. It's hilarious. Brandon Miller is listed as out with the hip contusion. And then Steve Clifford after the game says... Yeah, Brandon Miller was sick because there's a virus going oh around. I want you, I want anyone listening to like try this with their partner. I would like, if your partner asks you to pick your socks up off the floor, I would like you for 12 straight times to say that's doubtful. Find out what happens.
pick up the socks <laughs> at least by the fifth time. You won't last till the fifth time. But yeah, and then the, so they don't even help themselves when first it's a hip contusion. That's what they list him out with. And then Steve Clifford after the game on his availability, he was sick all day. They knew there was a chance he wouldn't play. We have a virus going around. I don't know if you saw Terry the last two, three. Yeah, we did. We saw Terry. He's not close to 100%. Hopefully Brandon will be able to play in Chicago. Just, just like, you know, spin the wheel and then we'll throw it out there. That's what we'll report. These guys are either doubtful and hip contusion. All right, roll with it. Go to the presses. Not playing an hour before the game. We got a couple more segments to go. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Was it a miracle? We've had one. <laughs> we may have had two. But did we have three? Miracle after midnights. All of them against Sacramento. We'll debate it coming up next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays but there's even more than that available on fanduel.com slash locked on you can make your first bet a layup when you visit fanduel.com slash locked on remember this was a 16 point spread going into this game that was before brandon miller was listed as out with the hip contusion slash illness and then they still ended up winning this game despite the 16 point spread so if you're still a sicko you still believe you're the guy that believes the hornets are going to win at 12 20 a.m then FanDuel, you might as well put some money on it. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel, also the official partner of the NFL. A couple more segments to go. Locked On Hornets. I knew we were going to talk about Miracle After Midnight because Miracle After Midnight is a big moment within the last 10 years or so with the Hornets franchise. There's not many. There haven't been a lot. There's (laughs) not many. But but we'll always have Troy Daniels going bananas from deep to beat mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins scoring 55. 56. You know, throw, you're 50, yes, 56 points. Yeah, you know, Doug knows about that one. Oh, yeah. and, and And usually when we talk about Miracle After Midnight, you know, Doug may mention that he is the one that coined the term. May, no. and, uh-huh. but, but not enough, Doug. It, it, is, it, how are you feeling now that people are starting to call this Miracle After Midnight Part 3? Well, it's not people. It's Eric Collins, right? I mean, Eric Collins is the the, the color commentator. People follow Eric Collins. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's going to set. He's going to set the tone. Okay, and so if he calls it Miracle After Midnight, then Bally Sports tweets out Miracle After Midnight. Then it becomes Miracle After Midnight Part Three. And listen, I've bitten my tongue for a long time, (laughs) but I can bite it. No, I barely have any tongue left. I've bitten it so much, but I can bite it no more because something has to remain sacred. (laughs) about the miracle after midnight again we don't have too many of these moments we must protect them and Mm -hmm. i must protect it as the person that created miracle after midnight i'm glad we have david here because david you were you were with me on the show i was there we coined this this you know and we don't listen this is not about credit it's not about me not getting credit anytime it comes up but here's what it is about this was a highly unlikely win this was a fun win This was a comeback win. This was an important win because they had lost 11 games in a row. 
But this was not a miraculous win. The first one was. Let me give you the context on the first win. It was a one-point win in a double overtime thriller featuring an unstoppable DeMarcus Cousins. Not a DeMontis Sabonis who turned the ball over 11 times. This was DeMarcus Cousins scoring 56 points, which at the time was the most points that a player had scored all season long. The Hornets could not defend him, partly because they were missing four players, four like starter-level or rotation players, including Nick Batum, including uh, Jeremy Lamb, but also two of their centers, Al Jefferson, Cody Zeller, both out, okay? So they couldn't stop DeMarcus Cousins. And then, throughout the overtime periods, they lost their three uh, remaining Big guys. They lost Marvin Williams to six fouls. They lost Spencer Hawes and Frank Kaminsky all fouled out. And yet they somehow won that game because Troy Daniels, not P.J. Washington, not Malik Monk, Mm, not, uh, you know, who played well in this game. P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, not the players you expect, but Troy Daniels. Nobody knew who Troy Daniels was. Eight of 11 from three for 28 points off the bench. That, my friends, is a miracle after midnight. You know, I, I will say, watching this game, when when PJ Washington just slips back door and De'Aaron Fox falls asleep, and there's just no one paying attention to PJ and nice presence of mind from him. Cody Martin hits him and he's wide open. He can't even believe how wide open he is. He waits for Keegan Murray to come flying by as a last desperation attempt to block it, and he still dunks it. It is the most anticlimactic made field goal within the last minute of a game to take the lead that I've seen. And so I'm with you. This does not feel very miracle This one, it's like, yeah, not it. It was a close game. It's a miracle yeah. that they yeah. got the win. Like maybe we can talk Correct. about it in context of them like, with the starting lineup, the players available with the Kings being a, a good basketball team. That's a little bit miracle but as far as just the finish at the end, I'm with you. It feels a little lackluster to try to live up to the hype with the first or even second game, in my opinion. I wonder if this would have gone extra uh, sex, extra quarters, extra overtime periods, Doug, if you'd feel differently. Would, would, do you need an overtime? Do you need an unsung hero? You know what I mean? Like if it would have been a Nick Smith Jr. plus an overtime, does that then qualify for miracle status? I need – but no, because – Players stepping up is one thing. It was the adversity that that team in particular faced. And I get it. Look, they're missing – this team is missing a lot of starter players as well. They're missing Ball. They're missing uh, Mark Williams. They're missing Brandon Miller. Like, I totally get all of that. But that uh, 2016 team was missing four players as well. And they had three players foul out. And the three players that fouled out were the people that were responsible for guarding DeMarcus Cousins, who I believe also fouled out, which was a miracle. 56-point game, and the refs blow the whistle and foul DeMarcus (laughs) Cousins. I can't remember if that happened in double OT or OT, but they fouled DeMarcus Cousins out. I mean, just – it really is incredible. And what I don't want to happen is for every time they get an upset win in Sacramento – we call it a miracle after midnight, <laughs> yeah. and we forget why yeah. that first one was so. I mean, it was insane. This game was not insane. It was again. It was. I'm not yeah. trying to. I I know. Here's the danger. I know coming into this, I sound like a that guy, and I wanted to do this in the second segment because I don't want to like pee pee all over this win. I don't want to do it. I don't right, want pee pee. Right. But I have to protect 
the original. You have to pee pee. You have I to. Pee-pee. I don't want you to pee pee. You don't have any other question. Yeah. I don't want to pee pee, but I, I I must protect. I feel because it is my baby. I must protect my baby, which was the original miracle after you are you are pee pleading with us right now. Do you, you are, <laughs> it is you are you look so desperate to preserve this. <laughs> you you are looking into the camera Listen. with the hands across your heart, trying to let us know how how like special this is to you to try to save this entire thing. Well, here's the thing. If I'm not going to get credit for it. Which I won't. They will not mention this. I don't even want me, Doug Branson. I would just like Locked on Hornets to be mentioned. But if that's not going to happen, Mm -hmm. then I would at least like the sanctity of the thing to remain. And this this goes, I think, part like is is a part of a a larger conversation, which someone I want to save the the actual conversation for a future show because this came up in the uh, the sicko satchel that I just. called for and someone mentioned hey cut it out with all the nostalgia hornets ownership new ownership like Mm. let's focus on doing stuff new and it's like yes let's hold something sacred let's just hold them over there and let's focus on like what's going to happen in the future and that's the thing let's not cheapen because there haven't been so many moments let's not manufacture them and cheapen the thing that happened that we all agree was like that was crazy that was a miracle D- yeah, how close was it, David? I haven't heard your opinion on it. How how close was it to being a miracle? Oh, I think it was pretty close. And I okay. think the problem for Doug now, I think the problem for Doug now <laughs> I is... Of, I got a bunch of weaklings on this show. They're, they're mentioning the miracle no after midnight. They're starting to mention that like in the game opener, like before the game even starts. It's, it's, it's on the top of the mind. So it doesn't take much. If it's close in the fourth quarter, they're going to start mentioning, is this another miracle after midnight? And honestly, I get what Doug is saying. I was there. I remember it. Uh, it was legendary, but I think, you know, keep the memory alive, something to build on. It's just, it's, 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 it's on the verge of taking on a life of its own. And, and, and I want Doug to get credit too. I want the show to get credit for it. I I want it to be called out, but you know, it's just, it, it's out of our hands now, Doug, you've created it. You sent it off into the world and you know, know. it, it hasn't been stolen from you. Maybe. But but you know uh, it, it was given up to the Hornets faithful and and maybe maybe now that's it's a good you're, you're getting deep here because this is going because you're a father as well David this yeah. is going to happen with our own children as well they will get stolen from us at some point um, <laughs> well, not wow. not liter- not literally but like figuratively okay, okay, okay. Um, both, both moments as as important right child as important as miracle after midnight coining the term both oh, yeah, are yeah, yeah, as yeah. equally important yeah um, it, but it's a t- I'll tell you it's a toss up for which I'd like credit for more. I'll say it's a toss up right now. I'm sure it is. Can I say the the second game though? Because yeah, you called you called this entire show weaklings. You you don't want credit. You're fine. You just you called this no entire backbone. show weaklings. No Stand backbone. Up. I, look, the second game. Like I'm looking over that game too. Uh, you, you called out Malik Monk. You called out PJ Washington for a reason because that was the miracle after midnight part two. Nah, man, that was a crazy finish. That 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 was a finish that was dumb. Don't disagree. Like, and so it was also a miraculous finish. No, no, it no. See, no, no. You, see, no. you know why it wasn't? You know why it wasn't? Because you didn't at first say miraculous finish. You you keep saying. No, you keep I did. Opening. I said it was a miracle after midnight part no, two. No, no. You I keep opening that. with, that, ooh, that's a, a crazy game. The, the crazy game after midnight, I'm all for. Let's call it crazy game after midnight. But it's not a miracle. <laughs> a miracle was what happened uh, in that first game. That's a miracle.
Your well, I'll tell you, this one thing I do know is the Kings want no part of the Hornets in the NBA Finals. If that ever comes down, <laughs> they that home court advantage, you know, is basically nil at this they point. Just we have to, to talk about Malik Monk in the next segment, too. Something funny happened with Malik Monk in this game, and I must I must mention it. He played well, in this game. He's played it now. He's played in two Miracle After Midnights. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. Yes, there have been multiple. I'm with you. All right, let's move on. <laughs> the last segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast coming up next. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Yeah, I guess we'll mention a funny thing that happened with Malik Monk. And uh, we'll also just give some other game observations. What else did we notice in this one in the victory? The the first one that we've seen in quite some time. We'll get to that in the final segment. Before we get to that final segment, did want to mention this game is, uh, excuse me, this show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. There we go. Wanted to wait for it. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, and you can find exclusive flash deals sponsored deals on tickets for football basketball baseball and not only the sporting events but also concerts comedy theater even more than that you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase and terms apply again create an account redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed final segment ahead locked on hornets doug you had a funny moment you wanted to bring up that involved malik monk what was it well, I expected to see a lot more of Malik Monk than we got in the first half. I think you know, in the first half, he only played like four or five minutes, only took one shot, missed it. I was like, wait, is, is Malik Monk hurt? Like, what's going on there? Because I seem to recall, I don't, look, I don't keep up with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, I can barely stay awake for this West Coast road trip. I don't keep up with the goings on of the Sacramento Kings, but I feel like I seem to have some understanding that Malik Monk was a, has been a big impact player for that team and so I was expecting him uh, to do more and I think Malik Monk was expecting to do more in this game with a chance to get a little revenge on his old team and so then the third quarter comes around and Malik Monk hits two pretty big threes for the Sacramento Kings and I get a little cutaway and I see Malik Monk jawing with someone and I'm like oh I bet he's giving it to the Charlotte bench and then I took a second look I'm like wait a minute no He's giving it to his own bench. He's yeah. giving it to Mike Brown. He was getting into it with his own coach. Basically like, yeah, see what I can do? Play me. They they even asked Mike Brown after the game about it. So not not all uh not all Old roses strategy. There. Not all yeah, jawing with your own bench after a three. Well, <laughs> Believe yeah. Monk. Love it. Well, yeah, I mean, and th- so this is after two games where he had fifteen and twenty seven points, eight and five assists. And he comes in here only having played 20 minutes after two nice outings and wins against Atlanta and Memphis on the road. And Mike Brown decided, nope, Malik Monk not going to go out there. And we have to say thank you to Malik Monk, too, because he dribbled it off his foot. In the four- he was not a factor in the fourth quarter at all, missed all of his shots. And he dribbled it off his foot in the fourth quarter and allowed uh, a, a breakaway, I believe, layup uh, from someone. But, yeah, so props. Man, you know, sloppy game. Sacramento, they dribbled it off their Ooh. foot twice. It was Monk, and then Fox did it. 
Uh, that was a Terry. That was the Terry Rozier like crazy swim move Euro yeah. uh, transition bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Sacramento just could not get it together. Thank you, Sacramento. Well, Sabonis, 11 turnovers, not what you want to see Insane. from them. But, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what the Hornets need, right? They need everything to basically go right on their end and then something weird on the other end, whether it's just, you know, lack of free throws or not hitting threes. I mean, everything else was pretty much even except for the rebounding uh, in this game, and the Hornets just kept away to, to finding a way to keep on scoring. I mean, the fourth quarter – poor uh scoring output was was huge wasn't uh, wasn't a De'Aaron Fox missed free throw wasn't that a factor in the second am I wrong on that was that a factor in the second miracle after midnight there, no, there was a win against Sacramento I don't know if it was that one well it was, there was a win against Sacramento three where straight Fox, so yeah. so Terry Rozier hit three straight uh free throws after drawing a foul on Harrison Barnes and then De'Aaron Fox hits a three to extend the lead to four, PJ hits it to bring it within one again. And then you have the Malik and one to not only tie it, but then finish it off. I, I don't remember a miss free. Maybe, maybe a miss free throw. I feel happened, like there, I, I, something in my head, there was because De'Aaron Fox, I mentioned that because he was five of eight and missed a crucial free throw uh, down the stretch in this one. And the team, and, and Sacramento was a team was 10 of 17. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what was that? What was that, David? What's that Mr. from the peanut gallery? Mr. Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was five of eight from the line in this game. So, yeah. Not nearly as good. Yeah. It, so DeMontis Sabonis had one of the weirder games because yeah. he, he could double. do whatever he wanted against Nick Richards. And he ended up with an 11 of 21 shooting night. Um, he made his only three pointer that he took, but also that's a lot of missed shots inside the arc. And we saw a couple of bunnies that he missed. There was one shot attempt that he missed. I think it was a Keegan Murray offensive rebound put back where he was frustrated with himself after Murray was able to clean up the boards, but there were a couple of bunnies that he missed. And so, you know, getting whatever shot he wanted to in the post, missing 10 of them, hitting his only three pointer, grabbing 19 rebounds, but also uh, committing 11 turnovers, just a wild back and forth game for Sabonis. Well, well, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I, I thought the defensive strategy to open the game and through most of the first half was really solid, and a lot of people have been on Steve Clifford's case, but I thought the defensive game plan was perfect because they kept doubling the side, whether the guard just ran it into the side or they did some kind of side pick and roll. They would double, they would trap there, and the reason they were doing that is because they didn't want the ball to find Sabonis in the middle of the floor because that's where Sacramento kills you. It's two straight nights now that they've played back-to-back. You're playing a center who is an elite passer, is like the primary playmaker for that team. And that's how they kill you, is just cutting baseline and Sabonis drawing attention when he gets the ball in the middle of the floor. And they denied Sabonis that through most of the first half. And so, yeah, he was getting what he wanted at the rim, but I think a little bit of that was was by design. And you're trying to take away a little bit of De'Aaron Fox as well, and so that's going to open up some things for Sabonis um, at the rim. But I thought the defensive strategy was sound. And you mentioned those putback attempts. He missed about a thousand of them at the beginning of that third quarter on one possession, and that's mm-hmm. where Terry uh, finally got the uh, defensive rebound, pressed it. Miles finishes an and one. That that capped a ten to two run to open up the third. What a concept! Not getting absolutely <laughs> shelled after you keep it close. Going, they were down five going into the half. They keep it close. They avoid the nightmare third quarter, which I think was just it. as much part of this win as was all those clutch buckets by Terry Rozier in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Miles Bridges playing 40 minutes 
Uh, he was I mean, good. They needed, yeah, he was good. He was and, really, and, and really rebounding good. the ball and scoring. I mean, he's still having some weird possessions every now and then. Like, he doesn't quite <laughs> he, have He the, has like two or three where I'm just like, what are you? Yeah, what I mean, he airballed a three late. Uh, a couple of his drives, you know, go nowhere. And, and he's just trying to throw them up looking for fouls a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, they, they're obviously going to need him. And, and, like, I don't know if he's going to play 40 minutes every night. That's asking a lot. But certainly the rebounding and the scoring, I mean, they needed every bit of it uh, last night. So maybe, maybe he's maybe he's finding his rhythm uh, somewhat because it still looks a little disjointed to me. Uh, I don't think he has the explosion that we that we've seen in the past, and certainly without Lamelo out there, he's having to do a little bit of more a little bit more on his own. Uh, but man, you got to give it up to him. Forty minutes and and the rebounding and the scoring last night was huge. Well, the outside shot helped him in this one. So he shoots 50% from three on six attempts. He also hits all of his free throw attempts. The two point, the finishing, it's still not quite where it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the two years that he did play before being suspended. And so he goes six of 13 uh, on my count from two point range. You know, I mean, not quite 50. Like you'd, you'd like to see it above that if you're miles and you're attacking, but at least we saw the effort to get there. I, I thought mm-hmm. the three pointers that he took right outside of maybe a couple of questionable decisions that he made. I do think that the shots that he took from deep, they were appropriate. And then he attacked when it was appropriate. And so, you know, even finishing with a few assists, cause I think his passing has been, you know, pretty good the last few games as well when he has made that decision. Yeah. Uh, miles really helped them get this victory. Well, the thing about Miles is that I feel like he needs people to draw attention away a little bit from 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 not only the rim, but like I just feel like he's either putting his head down and attacking and and, and trying to fight through two or three defenders, or he's putting up a, you know a pull up three. That's really that's really it. When he was at his best two seasons ago, you would see him get some back down possessions. Mm-hmm. He would do some different things in ISO, pull up mid range set some things up, but you really, I feel like you can only do that if there are other players on the floor that are threats where defenses can't go, oh, hey, look, Miles has got the ball. Go get him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Miles in space. That That's what you want. How, how do you get that guy in space so he can get downhill as, as much as possible? That That's the, I think that's the recipe. And I think a lot of that is, okay, LaMelo being an excellent shooter, him already being a great passer. So he's going to benefit anybody, but especially the kind of game that Miles has where he's not spotting up all the time from three, even though he does have that capability. It's how do you draw the defense away from him and then just give him momentum at that kind of size and strength and that power at the rim. You know, that's that's going to be tough to stop. Um, all right, last question. How big of a win was this? <laughs> I mean, just Uh-oh. to stop the bleeding before yeah. you get to Chicago and then you come back home. And so you at least get one victory in. Yeah. I, David, I'm going to let you talk as Doug gets out of his chair to go get a specific <laughs> type is, of hat, baby. I presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I said it earlier. I think the, the best win of the season, best game of the season, given the circumstances, given the, the, the manpower they were down in this game and given the starting five, I mean, you know, all the right buttons were pushed and everyone that went in there did really, you know, contribute. I mean, even Thor went in there for a little bit, gave him some minutes. Ish Smith, like, he's not going to get the praise, I don't think, but he's He did been, from Clifford. He got the yeah. biggest booty slap I've ever seen in, in the middle of the game. It wasn't like a timeout. Just in rhythm, uh, Steve Clifford gives him uh, just a swat to the, to the backside. It was great. He's been so solid, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying, he's, like, honestly, like, I'm, I'm impressed. Steve yeah. Clifford showing off a little bit of athleticism there because you have to right. time that up with Ish running back to, to get back on defense, and you got to find him there. It was great. And Ish, Ish still has the wheels, man. I mean, God, hats off to that guy. I know Doug just put the big dub hat on, but hats off to Ish and the steadying force he's been able to give this team. But, yeah, no, uh, biggest win of the season by far. Now there's not many, uh, but I would put this one at the top of the list for right now. Uh, on the road, you know, shorthanded. West Coast trip needed mm-hmm. something to, to 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 get away from that eleven game losing streak. So yeah, big game. Yeah, big hat, big hat worthy, huh, Doug? Big, yeah, I put the big, big dub hat. hat on. I I meant to do it at the beginning of the show, but I got so caught up in the Terry Rozier discussion that I forgot. But I'll tell you, it's a big W. But I'm not going to turn this hat around. It is not a big M. It is not a miracle after midnight. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I guess I, you'd I, have to I put, celebrate this. Huh? You start to say Boston is the best win of the season, right? Yeah. at home that's probably the best well one. yeah i but yes i it is absolutely the best win of the season that was after a four game losing streak i this one it was the most desperate win i it it feels better i it, it does oh, boston yeah. in overtime it it has to be the best win because boston is an absolute beast they might just win the championship and in, in overtime that's a, a monster win I, this one feels better. Like I just did. I, I don't want to approach Detroit Pistons territory. You know, it, it was the longest yeah, losing streak exactly. in the NBA after Detroit had finally won a game. And, you know, the Hornets were able to stop the bleeding before they get home. Like that, especially with all these guys out. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's, it's the most improbable. I, I'm not going to use miraculous. I don't want to use that word anymore. <laughs> but it's the most improbable, I think, that they've had so far. And it's for the sickos. This is a sicko special. Oh, yeah. Because if you are watching this, there is something wrong with you. There uh, what? There's something mentally yeah. wrong with you if you yeah. stayed up to watch the end of this game. But that there, And look, uh, there were sickos in the crowd. There was a kid that flew in from Australia to see LaMelo ball play. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Should have gotten that travel insurance. Ooh, There's so yeah. much from this game. I would love to talk about the kid from Australia because I think it's a scam. I'm a cynical person. Uh, I don't believe in anything anymore. I think wow. that's a total. That was a total scam. Uh, but there's so much from this game. Uh, there was Eric Collins when it was 18 all, invoking the name of Miles Plumley, and and <laughs> and then that broke a 10-0 Hornets run as soon as he said the name Miles Plumley. I believe Lyles hit a three. Just incredible stuff in this game. I well, well let's stay tuned tomorrow because I got a few okay. more things from this game. All right, we need a big S hat for big sicko game. I feel like we need that, especially for this podcast because this was it. But finally, off the snide and sack town, as Doug might put it. Happy to be back on track. That's David Walker making the weekly appearance. Find him on Twitter at David B. Walker. Doug Branson wearing the Big Dub hat, writing Big Dub stuff on his Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me, WFNZ, every weekday from 12 to 3 on Wes and Walker. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to give you more Kings takes.